Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today, and I am here with my guests. Why don't you introduce yourself, what religion you left, and tell us your story. Cool. Hello, my name is Eric, and I grew up born into the Jehovah Witness religion. I no longer am. It's definitely a big process. I'm currently 30 years old, and I, I guess, woke up from out of this cult when I was about 24, 20, early 20s, I'd say. And ever since then, everything's just been falling into place even better and better. And along the way, psychedelics fell into it. What first started as some rebellious acts with me and my friends, just let's go camp and eat drugs, so to speak. And it turned out to be the most therapeutic and helpful thing that's ever happened, which actually helped me fall in line and correct myself, change my behavior, see the errors of my ways, how judgmental, rude, complete, total prick. And the only thing, the main thing that justified it was the label behind it, being the one true Christian, as Jehovah Witnesses call it, the truth. And just having this label of the truth over my head was a reason to be that in-your-face, judgmental, religious person that everyone knows that doesn't, by definition, truly be a Christian, like love your neighbor, respect everyone, when really that was quite the opposite of what I was doing. And I was in Utah, which is in the lion cage of the Mormon religion, which was even more difficult. And growing up in high school and such, I experienced a lot of different behaviors from everyone. And it's just, it was, it was interesting. But if I didn't go through all of that, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So I'm thankful for all of it, no matter how shitty it was. Yeah, as an ex-Mormon, I am quite familiar with the Mormon bubble. Yeah, that's good. So you definitely know somewhat of where I was coming from. You may have gone to school or known yourself some Jehovah Witnesses or ex-Jehovah Witnesses and how similar it all is. Just very, very close. They're all about the Bible. Jesus, but yet they point the finger at each other at the wrong when it's all coming from the same source. And so now, ultimately, besides psychedelics, what else made you consider leaving? I guess psychedelics is what helped me the most just to see me, myself, kind of like you put like your dog poops in the house, you put his nose in it, and he realizes, like, oh, I don't want this to happen anymore. So you kind of learn psychedelics kind of did that to me put my my own nose into my own shit and that's what kind of allowed me to see my behavior who I really was thinking painting myself as a divine great good person when really I was the opposite and going preaching knocking on doors because it was my duty to save other people's lives from the faith and such but really I was just using it as an ego boost in a way and the psychedelics allowed me to dissolve that ego and see who I really was. And at that moment was change or continue to live this lie that I am finally aware of. And then from there, just slowly started the deconstruction process. And in the, in the way, I met someone. She's actually an ex-Mormon as well. And she is now my wife. So we have a here an ex-Jehovah Witness and an ex-Mormon got married. And it was awesome just... I don't think that would have happened if any of that didn't fall into play. But I'd say that's like one of the main things that really 
turned my world upside down. It was like, as if I was living on my hands my whole life. And then suddenly it was like, wait a minute, like you got feet, like you can walk on your feet. And now I'm just like, wow, I'm upright. I can run. I can walk when really I was taught that walking on my hands was normal and really it wasn't. That's just one example I got. So your family, have they shunned you? How does that look for you? Yeah, in a way, it's, it's very awkward. It's like talking to them. It's like running into an ex at Walmart or something. Just small talk. Hey, how are you? Nice. Oh, that's oh, okay. Well, have a nice day. And that's really the end of it. Because I know my position. I'm the one who chose to leave God's flock, quote unquote, the truth, quote unquote. So it's my doing, which is the reason they light shun me. I still talk to them. Like I'll call them. My mom will answer my phone, my phone calls, but not every time. And when she doesn't answer, I'm pretty sure she's with the brothers and sisters. And in a way she's like embarrassed to talk to her excommunicated son, but she'll kind of leave the room or go into the bathroom when she's with others. So they won't like, Oh, she's talking to her son, but I don't truly know how it is on her end, but that's just how I've seen it on my end, they'll call her and then she'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm with brother, this brother, that the family, this, and she just can't just talk to me. If I call her, she'll call me later on when she's not with the brothers. I guess at least she will still kind of talk to you. I know a lot of XJWs that I have talked to, they have zero contact with their family. Yeah, definitely fortunate on that part where they they still actually talk to me, but it's just awkward. It's like, it's so fake. Like I almost prefer them to 100% treat me how they should or how they're leaning towards, but it's, it's almost like the humane part about them is still, still there in a way. Like they got their foot in the door. Like, of course, that's still my son, but I'm the one who chose to leave. So it's my fault that they treat me in a way, in a certain way that they do. But I am still grateful that I can't still call them and talk to them. I just can't show up at any moment to their house because what if there's a brother there, an elder there or something, and I'm the one that's going to be in the wrong being there. Yeah, I understand that. So now you left and you got married. If you want kids and you have them, how does that look like with your family communication and all of that? Oh, I I don't have kids quite yet, but we definitely do want to start a family. On my wife's side, they do want to, I don't remember exactly how to call it, but it's like a blessing or a a baptism. No, not quite yet. That's at the eight-year-old mark. I think it's just like a some sort of a blessing. But even then, I don't really want that because that's, that's going to be our child. I don't think sprinkling water or murmuring words is really going to do anything. Yeah, don't let them do that. Don't let them do it where I'm leaning right now, but they, they've mentioned like they want to do some sort of blessing to our child when it's born. And like, it's okay, I guess, but I, I don't, I don't really want to, cause that's our child, my wife and I, or it will be our child, but in a way it's like, I, I see, I think that they want to seal the grandson to them or something or granddaughter, depending. I don't know how it works, but I don't think I'm on board with it. Once you let them bless or seal your child to themselves, that starts a record and collection of information on the child and just don't let them do it. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I definitely don't want that. I know people who have left and they had children who were only blessed and they had to have quit Mormon removed the info about their kids. So yeah, I just tell people just, just don't do it. 
Dang. So it's almost like the telemarketing scam calls. Like you put your number into a website and suddenly you're getting these text messages and calls for certain ads and just based on your algorithm, but like on somebody's life, like they just keep a log system or something. I will send you a video, but yeah, I just advise. Yeah, don't do it. All right. Yeah, I'd love to watch that. I'm very curious. That's interesting. But okay, I'm definitely leaning more towards no now. Anyway, I try not to hijack podcast episodes. So getting back to you, since you have left, what are some things you get to enjoy doing now that you didn't get to do before? Oh, man, tons of stuff. Because growing up, something as simple as Pokemon or Harry Potter on TV was a big no-no. Powerpuff Girls, just because power, and the only one who's allowed power is God. The Smurfs, something as stupid as the Smurfs, just... It's demons. When you watch it, you allow demons in here. So now that I'm older, even now, I, I well, I still did it anyways in secret. It's like the more they made something taboo, the more curious I was about it. The more was like, oh, why am I not supposed to do that? Why not this? So, of course, they themselves kind of made me into a sneaky, rebellious ninja and how to be a really good liar, I guess. But something as simple as that, even right now, 30 years old, like, collect Pokemon cards. And that just brings me lots of joy. I love art, art, music. Music was another thing. Like, don't listen to this music. Don't listen to this band because of this, because of that. And it just slowly made me kind of lean into that music even more. And then from then on, the internet came out and I started surfing more and finding similar bands and just, I love punk rock and metal and it's a little heavy and it's aggressive. But sometimes when I would get away with it, there were certain Christian bands and I remember my mom would hate it listening to it. And I would read her the lyrics. Like, look at, these are the lyrics. They just, the music sounds aggressive, but they're praising God. And so in a way it kind of got around it, but there was one time where one of the elders wives found my iPod and just started going through it. Like she just picked it up and started going through my iPod and she clicked on a certain band which is actually a joke around band. It's based on Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And it's a very heavy metal band. There was one song called If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, which was based on the Predator movies. And just that name alone, If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, completely spooked her. She took it to her elder husband. And then they pulled me aside and how I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. And I bring complete shame to God and all this. And just something as simple as listening to music, the very music that made me act like my getaway. The only thing that actually made me feel okay, something as simple as the music was just ripped away even then as if I was just going to completely conform or do what they want me to do, I guess. And it just made me want to rebel even more. It's, it's weird. It's like they created this very person in a way that they don't want me to be. That's how I feel sometimes, but I just enjoy everything and everything that I can now Something as simple as birthdays. Jehovah Witnesses weren't allowed to celebrate anything from birthdays to Christmas to Halloween, even setting off fireworks on 4th of July type of stuff. And the first birthday present I ever opened was when I was 20, which was my wife. Yeah, She was my girlfriend at the time, and she baked me a cake and gave me a present. And it was just so, I guess, like the trauma behind it, it was just so awkward, and I, I almost couldn't enjoy it. And, there's just this negative emotion behind it, but I'm, I've definitely done better since then to enjoy it all and just flat out not care because there's truly no reason. 
but it was just that mind, that mindset and control they had, the guilt, the shame that's completely programmed into you for certain simple things. But now I, I go all out. We had a Halloween party recently and it was amazing. She posted pictures and I'm pretty sure my elder brother was seeing it, but they just ignore it. But it's like, it's just good to be out. You're truly free at that moment. The only way to get out of a prison is to realize you're in one. And I finally got out of the one I, I built myself in because of this Jehovah Witness faith. Now, since you have left, have you had to give or be the recipient of blood transfusions? How is it since leaving, knowing that you can take advantage of all the medical interventions available? Oh, yeah, definitely. I am not against that at all. I would, I will take it. I will give blood. I'll donate blood. But no, I'm definitely don't have that, that whole, like if I'm about to die, I will not take blood. No, hell no. I'm all about modern science and modern medicine and such. I will definitely donate blood and receive blood if I have to. I'm not against that. Not like how I was programmed to believe just pretty much never taught. It was just repeat after me, no blood. And it's like, well, why? Well, blood is life. It's like, well, why is it life? I don't get it. But nah, I will definitely donate blood or receive blood because Jehovah's Witnesses will let their children die if it's a certain illness and they'll just leave it in God's hands. Now, are Jehovah's Witnesses allowed to drink? I can't remember if they can or they can't. No, they do drink. It's just in modesty, of course. But they're always getting shammered, but they don't consider it getting hammered. Like, they'll, oh, I had one too many drinks, but they do drink. It's just you have to do it in modesty. And sometimes like if there's a certain member of the church that's over at a social gathering and they've had alcoholic problems in the past, then they recommend not to bring out the bottle just so they don't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't cause them to stumble or something, but alcohol is available. It's it's definitely not a no-no. I come from a Hispanic family, so there's always beer and stuff going on. And My immediate family was the only Jehovah Witnesses I have. I have aunts and uncles of cousins of all sorts and they'll bring out tequila bottle and big old 30 rack of beer and they'll drink it. My brother, especially, he'll always want me to get drunk with him and have a beer. My oldest brother, he's not in the religion, but my other two siblings are, I'm the youngest of four. So with my oldest brother, I do get along the most because he's, he was never in the religion actually, which is awesome. And he had his own fair share of trauma because we were the Jehovah witnesses and he wasn't. And, but he completely understands, and so do I, and I'll definitely have a beer, so I don't personally like to get drunk. My drinking drinking phase ended in like two weeks. I was like, this is pretty boring, and hundreds of dollars later, like this ain't that cool. But I will have a beer, so with, with dinner. My wife, she likes to drink, definitely, so I'm usually the designated driver because I'm just I'd rather not. I don't really find the fun in getting hammered and all that. So you left when you were in your early 20s. So if you did so, how was it being able to go get an education to further yourself professionally? Yes, definitely. It was never required because the way they put it is the end is happening any day with all the horrible stuff happening. as as It's always have. It's now more than ever. Now more than ever. Now more than ever, and there's a Bible text that says that the end of the world will come like a a thief in the night. You don't know when it'll show. So that's kind of where they bestow that fear. Like 
instead of being in church on Sunday, the meetings, the way they call it, the congregation, what if you're at the beach and the end of the world comes and Jesus is like, well, you weren't with me, a God of love, and he's going to destroy you. So it's like, you better do what we say, or what if God comes at the end of the world? And the reason they don't encourage, I don't know about now, it's been almost 10 years since I've been out, just like in the Mormon church, light and new new faith, I guess, changes just to keep up with the times and keep people in. But going to school was never an option because it's like you're going to put 10 years into being a doctor and that's 10 years you could put to preaching, to Bible studies and all. So they don't encourage that. And I remember when I was a kid, college wasn't even encouraged at all. And me personally, I love art and music, art, drawing. I love drawing. I could have I could have definitely done something with that, but I, I guess I still can. And just the motivation is not so much there as it used to be. But as because I love to draw. My mom would always say that when I grow up, I'm going to go to Bethel, which is in New York, the headquarters. And that's where they do all the magazines, the books, the print works, all of it. And I was just supposed to grow up and go there and paint for the magazines and draw for the books and the brochures. But that never happened, obviously. So that was a bust. And that was kind of like, a, I guess, a resentment. I was supposed to be the one to go there and such. But here I am now eating mushrooms and camping and stuff and thinking completely 180 of what I used to. Do you still live in Utah or did you get away from the Mormon bubble and the Jehovah's Witnesses experiences you had there? No, I'm definitely still here. I was working out of state for the last month, for like the last summer, so three, four or five months or so. But I just recently moved back to Utah and being outside of Utah made me realize how just backwards of a place it is here and the rest of the world is just so normal people are just mindful they keep to themselves but of course every there's horrible people everywhere as and good people it's just like not all police officers are bad but there are corrupt ones as such just like in any place but when i moved back to utah i just realized it's like completely getting worse than tech it's like the new texas the way i see it and it's just what teacher isn't an extreme Mormon, what professor, what police officer, what mayor, what person that works for the state isn't a Mormon that pushes their Mormon agenda to their political views now. And it's just like eventually in the next few years, I definitely want to get out of here. My wife, I, my wife and I have a house here, so it'll be a little difficult. But in time, it's just being amongst it. It's like, here we are. I've always grown up here. So what's it's nothing new, but it's just it is shitty the people here suck the, the the nature and everything is amazing i love all that i love being outside camping kayaking or even snowboard snowboarding and skiing since it snows i grew up doing that but even then just the certain people just take the fun out of it because there's always some sort of judgment belittling racism hate but yet they're the loving christians and just completely fake and those are the people i have to be around but in time i do i definitely do want to get out yeah, I'm not from Utah, and I'm not sure where in Utah you live, but I went to school at the University of Utah, and even when I went to school there, when I went to church, it was awful, and I just couldn't wait to get out of the Mormon bubble. And so when my mom moved to Salt Lake City a couple of years ago, and whenever I go visit, <laughs> it's like, oh dear God, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's just horrible. Just, it's funny how the people that bark the loudest are the ones that probably know the least. 
and those that claim to be the most divine and know and have all the answers and know everything know the least and are the most hateful and rude and judgmental but they paint themselves so good and divine where they just put masks on it's funny i don't really like whatever just be mindful keep to yourself don't concern yourself with what has nothing to do with you yet they concern themselves with everything that has nothing to do with them and it's like almost like an ego boost like that's where they get their self-esteem by being complete horrible humans to others like where's the love thy neighbor that doesn't exist Jesus says, help the poor, help others, and they only help themselves. Now, I know this is a problem in other geographical areas with Jehovah's Witnesses. For example, I've heard of the cases in Australia. So in the area that you live in, was that a problem as well? I asked because Mormons have a big problem with sexual abuse in several geographical areas. Not within my congregation, growing up here in Utah, but there was a case in California because that's where I was born. I was born in California and I moved to Utah when I was like 12, 13, back in the early 2000s. But there was one case with a gay individual. He is openly gay now. He's out fully. But growing up, he was always this femmy boy. He was always feminine, hanging out with the girls. And there was always the rumors. His name was Isaac. And it was like, oh, Isaac's gay <laughs> and chuckles. But it was just kind of rumors in the air. No one would really say it to the family or anything. And now that I look back, it's just it's horrible. Even I was a part of it. Like, oh, yeah, Isaac, this. He would hang out with my sister all the time. But he had a dad. His dad was one of the highest elders there that were in charge. But it was such an awkward position because his son finally came out like, like I'm gay. And his parents were great parents. They accepted him. But being of the Jehovah Witness faith, that was not allowed. So he was forced to resign because he still was in contact with his son. Like he was supposed to shun his son because he's gay. Like your son chose to be a sinner type of deal. And this family, they still go to church because that's their faith. They believe it, of course. Like, like do what you believe. Like, no, I would hate to rip that from anyone. But they go to church as just normal people he's not allowed to be an elder because they still have contact with their son even though they were told to completely cut him from the life and they couldn't do that because like that's our son and he respectfully resigned but they still go to church as normal people they just show up sit there do their thing and then leave but it just kind of sucks in that case but in my personal experience i never came across any of that the sexual abuse but it does exist I have heard about it in other surrounding congregations in California. And the way Jehovah Witnesses see it is the us versus them mentality. It's either you're Jehovah Witness or you're wrong. And the police authority, they are part of the world. They are worldly. So if something happens internally, you're not going to bring a worldly external outside source to come in and help you. You're going to go straight to your own source, which is the Bible and God. And at that point, it's like, it's out of our hands. We're going to leave it in God's hands. And it's most of the time, they just leave it at that. And the abuser is in the same building with their attacker or predator just because they can't do nothing about that. And that's where the whole term comes from, where I've seen is like Jehovah Witnesses protect pedophiles in that case, because there's also the Bible text where it says that the two witness rule, if no one was there, it didn't happen or something. 
but there's just there's certain cases like that that I've seen, and I think that has to do with the Australian Royal Commission, like you mentioned. I definitely saw that YouTube video and how they were pretty much lying in the court. They call that theocratic warfare. Lying is okay if it's necessary to protect the faith. So in the in the YouTube video, when the elders or the the high-ranking Jehovah Witnesses guys are being questioned by the government in court, they're in a way bending the truth and completely lying because they're allowed to. They're protecting the one true faith, which is just by their opinion and how they believe it behind their eyes, but not in general. But that was like, I guess that's the closest I've gotten to anything like that. And I'm I guess I'm glad because that's just horrible, horrible stuff that does happen and it, it just sucks for the individual because like what are you going to do this person's still here he's not even going to jail or anything and it's just more potential for him to hurt someone else and now what are three tips you have for people looking to leave a high demand religion or cult Oof, i'd say doubt your doubts always ask questions that was, that's another thing if you have a certain question and they can't answer it maybe there's something going on there because in my case they couldn't answer a lot of a lot of questions for me. And because they couldn't answer my questions, I lost value in all progression, which is stupid. But I, I see it now, but that's what I would say. Always ask questions, be as logical, realistic, practical, and rational as you can be. And the answers will come. And always just respect one another, respect the next person, no matter what. Just Because if there truly is a God out there and Jesus, it's like you can't go wrong if you're just a good, solid person to begin with. You don't need a building that humans created or a a certain church to get to know your God or your higher power or who you are as a person. Just be good. I guess that's really all I have to offer. Be respectful, realistic, logical, and practical. and Be real with yourself. And the answers will come. Is there anything else you would like to add today before we go? Just definitely a precaution, especially with psychedelics. I don't just, I definitely do your own research. I'm not going to say go out and eat some quote unquote drugs or something. What started in my case was just rebellious act that definitely helped me out, but everybody is different. Do your research, look into that. It definitely helps with PTSD, uh, trauma and all that. It helped me deconstruct tons of trauma. And there's certain pages on the Reddit X, X, Jehovah Witness and ex-Mormon communities that I've seen that have similar psychedelic uses and people's stories out there of how it's helped them as well. And I'm pretty sure, and with laws are changing, it's more like a, a medicine at that point, a medicine for the mind, for the spirit, however you may want to put it. But it's definitely helpful, but do your research if anyone, since in my case, psychedelics are pretty much what it revolves around. But, uh, but with the advisor, I guess, if, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, a precaution, a dis- like a disclaimer above it at your own risk, but definitely do your research. Don't just blindly dive into something like this. Well, thanks for coming on and have a great day. Cool. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk 